Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. It is a uh, football Friday presented by Abundance Energy. Uh, with Jamie Lent and Jeff McGuire, I'm Chuck Hines. Yates Flooring Center chat line is open. Go to the Double T 97.3 mobile app presented by Happy State Bank. So, got a couple thoughts here for you. And this this is going to be some early morning deep thinking, okay? This is, this is deep end of the pool stuff. Okay. All right. Uh, Gator Bowl it features uh, Clemson and Kentucky. And Coach Dabo Sweeney and the Kentucky coach, uh, Mark Stoops, talked about something that is, you know, prevalent with, you know, this time of year, the portal and the roster and things like that. And Coach Sweeney said this. He said, the problem is tampering. And he said, and we could fix it easily if they'd let football people fix it, but they don't usually listen to us. And apparently... Uh, Mark Stoops, the Kentucky coach, was nodding in agreement. He said that there needs to be stiffer sanctions and penalties for coaches and programs tampering outside of designated transfer windows. He said that would dramatically reduce concerns. Um, he said that that's a frequent complaint from coaches, but he says he doesn't believe the NCAA is interested in following the lead of coaches. He said the rosters are not the same because of the portal, because of the trend of guys not playing. You can get in a bad spot pretty quick because he said they're thin at d- defensive back and, and uh, Kentucky right now is thin at quarterback. I don't know if sanctions or penalties are, are going to help anything because the NCAA has issued sanctions and penalties for, to programs for years. Um, and programs have always tried to cheat, right? They've always tried to do things under the table. Yeah, absolutely. And it feels like in this situation, it would be pretty easy for them to just go through other avenues to, mm-hmm. to reach out to guys. So so let me, let me throw something out at you. And to go back to the history of the National Letter of Intent, which is what student-athletes sign when they're committing to um, another school, it's a non-binding agreement. At least that was the original intent. Uh, the original, the origination of the National Letter of Intent is here in Lubbock. It was written by a guy by the name of J. William Davis, who at the time was a professor of government and the faculty athletics representative at Texas Technical Technological College, which is, of course, now is Texas Tech. This was done in 1964. He, along with the uh, commissioner of the Southwest Conference at the time, Howard Grubbs, created the National Letter of Intent program. At the time... It was not directly affiliated with the NCAA, and it was designed to protect both the university and student from either party backing out, okay? Then in October of 2007, that's when the NCAA became responsible for the administration of the program. I knew that this, because I'd done some look at this previously, so it's not like this was walking around knowledge for me. I knew that the National Letter of Intent was written by a guy who was here at Texas Tech. Um, I didn't know that it was until 2007 that the NCAA was involved. So here's my question for you. Is it is it time for binding contracts? Especially, and let's just, let's just speak specifically about football and men's basketball, okay? 
is it time for binding contracts between a player and a and a, and a university, or at least to the to the point where um, you're going to make a commitment over whether it's a two year period of time or a three year period of time, and let's just say it's two years to protect both sides, and then and then also some kind of non compete aspect of it so that you don't don't go within the conference so you have that solidified that if you're going to transfer or leave you cannot go to another school within the same conference that you're in i mean basically that's what it used to be right you you couldn't um leave without a punishment yeah but i mean this would be that was basically a binding contract in 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 a way right and now the ncaa has said no nothing is binding you can leave Mm mm-hmm Whenever you want to, supposedly you can only lose you leave once, but we all see that they can get around that too. My uh, my point on this is have money since money is attached to it, so that you would have a guarantee that this player is going to get. Well, that's X not amount. with the university. Then that's with the folks paying the NIL. Right. So could the folks doing the NIL say, okay, you get this money, but um, if you leave before two years is over you have to pay it back yeah like you're really going to get that money back or you keep them from or <laughs> you keep a, them from playing and that's a that's beef between them and a booster not between anything that makes them eligible with the ncaa well i think at some point in time the nil program or the uh, excuse me the uh name image and likeness and the whole money thing is going to it's going to get folded into the university because it already is it's already it's already becoming an arm of the university I mean, it's it's. I mean, I know they have the Matador Club here, but in essence, it's an arm of the university. Mm-hmm. And and so so then you'll get um, the universities. Oh well, we're just going to release him from that because they want other guys to be released from their deal so they can come here. Yeah, no, I, I which did, is basically you know, kind of what we've been doing now. I guess I'm no. You'll look bad if you won't. I like your idea, Chuck. I mean, I'm I no Jay William Davis in terms of being able to write something out. I'm just, you know, I'm just kind of looking at this, going, "There's got to be some kind of a," and in, in other words, there's got to be some kind of a contract between the two parties in order for this to get somewhat rectified. Because right now, it seems like it's it's just spinning out of control. Guys, guys can leave willy nilly, and there's no there's no consequence or penalty. And the same thing goes for the school. They can they can say, "Hey." Um, we aren't going to have a spot for you next year, so you need to find another spot. Mm-hmm. And that would have to be the other side of it. Yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, there has to be a quid pro quo here. So there, yep. it's got to be, it's got to be a little bit of, you know, never make a concession without getting one in return. And there's got to be a little bit of give on both sides. So it's like on one end, it's like both sides got to kind of feel like they've won, and both sides got to kind of feel like they've lost a little bit. I know, I know it. It's where it speaks to professionalism is what it speaks to, but aren't we already there? Yeah, yeah, and I think Syntex Hank brings up a great point of what what about if the coaches leave? Does that just contract blows up? Yeah, I know. No, I mean, it's... Because it's, it's a it's, different deal then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't. I think that's a really good point. Um, I just think that anything that is going to limit the student athlete quote-unquote student athlete from having um the freedom that they want is not going to cut it in today's world that's why we are we are where we are 
because the NCAA was fear was fearful of litigation mm-hmm. um, from student athletes, and so they said, "Okay, yep, you can do that. You can transfer. Yep, you can do that. You can get paid money from boosters. All the above." So you're trying to say, "Now let's go back to, nope, well, there are rules in place here." I, I don't think the NCAA has any guts to do it because they're because of the fear of litigation. Yeah, no, you're probably. And you're, I don't think anybody is going to do. Anybody is going to buy into limiting the athletes freedoms man I, you know i just as much as i want what you're saying to be true yeah yeah i just I, i've kind of given up on that i mean because you hear this this stuff um and i mean and, and here is an article on espn from this is from yesterday um a, a group of athletes um have filed suit against the association and uh, the five Power Five conferences claiming that rules prohibit schools from paying their athletes violate antitrust laws. Uh, there's a Duke football player, a Stanford soccer player, and a TCU basketball player uh, that filed a complaint in the Northern District of California Federal Court, which is the same venue where the NCAA has lost a series of antitrust claims in the past. So that's, that's why they filed it there. Uh, lawyers requested an injunction that would prevent the NCAA from enforcing rules that prohibit pay-for-play compensation for athletes and seek damages for past payments the athletes would have received <laughs> if the current rules were not in place. Damages. <laughs> damages. Damages. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it is a it is an outright mess, and I, I just, you know, you've got to... You, there's got to be smart people out there to, on both sides to be able to kind of try to figure this out so this can have some sense of order. We're in two different places. You're trying to fix it. I've given up. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I like your ideas. I just don't think society today will allow any of them to go into place. Yeah. I like what the coaches were saying yesterday. They don't matter. Yeah. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Amy Lynn and Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. Uh, this, is, uh, this is not going to go well in, uh, in Tampa. Chris Godwin's wife is accusing his boss, Buccaneers head coach Todd Bowles, for blatantly lying. <laughs> okay. Um, apparently, um, Coach Bowles, after their most recent win over the Carolina Panthers, uh, was asked about uh, the Buccaneer wide receiver. He was targeted three times, did not have a reception, had a rushing attempt, which uh, resulted in a 19-yard run for a touchdown on a, on a uh, reverse. They called it a scamper. After the game, Coach Bowles says Chris Godwin was not totally 100%. We were subbing him out a lot. Obviously, he's a little nicked up. He's not totally 100%. Nobody is, but he's probably banged up more than most. For him to get the run for us was huge for him. I think it helped him out a lot. It helped us out a lot, so it was good to see him get in the red zone. Mariah Goodwin then went to the Instagram, Jamie. Insta. (laughs) She said this. I'm not sure why we are blatantly lying here. Regardless of how banged up Chris is, he continues to work his blank off, hasn't missed a game, continues to run great routes and get open. I don't know why things are the way they are. This isn't my team to coach. But this lying on Chris and implying negativity on his work ethic is infuriating. 
let's not act like he had to be stubbed out so much than usual when in fact he's been playing just the same <laughs> oh buccaneers are five and seven they take on the first place atlanta falcons who are six and six in a key nfc south matchup this weekend now this will help <laughs> this will help right I wonder if Mr. Goodwin went home and said to Mrs. Goodwin, hey, um, I can carry my own water here. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. You know, that's uh, that's something I, I, I don't... I mean, I appreciate the support at home. I don't need the support to go out to the Twitterverse, right? Or the Instagramverse or the... Oh, Laura. The TikTok verse or anything else airing of dirty laundry yeah i mean but there's probably some thought that um <laughs> this wasn't a complete shock like i'm guessing right okay Be, I, I mean you know your wife pretty well right i feel like i do yeah yeah i mean if 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 mrs hines did that i think we'd all be really shocked yes okay I don't know if, I mean, maybe Chris Godwin was, I don't know. Maybe he was shocked. I, I really have no idea, but um, I bet he wasn't. There's probably been some other things that maybe yeah. she has uh, thrown out there from time to time that maybe kind of, and maybe the team probably wasn't either like, oh God, you know, Mrs. Godwin is going off again. Mm. Get her back on her meds, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know uh, how things how things go for for her. Well, you should or look that into house. that then and see if you can figure out if she's supposed to be on medication. I mean, yeah. then you'd know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, we're all. On, I mean, you could really be trying to save somebody's life right now, Chuck. We're all on a little bit of medication, I think, from time to time. You know, just kind of. I took a lot of drugs this morning, so. I mean, I've had I've had six of my seven, so I'm, you know. I'm on schedule. I may get higher by <laughs> by Friday. I think the uh, chemicals are just about right this morning. Okay, awesome. Just about just about right. I'm all up in that, Hobie. <laughs> Keep feeding them. I got more. <laughs> we do have a lot of drug drops. Seems like it, don't we? Mm -hmm. Seems like it. Seems like it. There's um, probably a little freak in everybody. <laughs> I, I, does anybody disagree with that? I literally know that. <laughs> we could just we could stay here all day, couldn't we? Pretty much. I probably could. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that was good news for uh, the Texas Tech soccer team that that uh, Jeff communicated. I saw the the release yesterday. Is Tom Stone's team went um, and had a, obviously a very strong season going into the second round of the um, of the NCAA's and making a Sweet Sixteen appearance and really. You know, not far away from getting into an Elite Eight. Um, but to finish in the top 10, it's the first time uh, that they have done that. So that's a that's a breakthrough year, um, without a doubt. Huge. Yeah. Massive. Huge. Mm -hmm. And um, and you hope that a year like this just helps with recruiting. Yeah. And it's not the last one like it. Yeah. Uh, this this from Bullfighter. <laughs> I'm really glad my fiance doesn't get on the socials and say something stupid like some of these housewives. <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> Careful with the housewife con- con- context there. I don't, I don't, I don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of dual working homes out there. That that uh, there's not the sitting home and eating bonbons. That that's uh, 1960s, and even probably those folks in the 60s, she, they probably had took offense to that. Probably plenty going on. Yeah, there's there's plenty of both. I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, stay at home moms. Yeah. Right, but yeah, they're they're uh, they're working hard. They're making it making it happen. And, but yeah, this doesn't. It, it just reminds me of Kurt Warner's wife. You know, you would have you would have thought that once that <clears throat> that kind of settled down, that maybe others others would say to their spouses, "Hey, let's uh, you know, with regard to my work, let's let's not comment on that because it becomes headline news." becomes a really bad look and it becomes a really bad look yeah that's 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 exactly that's exactly right thoughts comments yates flooring center chat line go to double t 973.com for that of the mobile app visual edge it hotline is open to at 806-771-0973 so if you want to voice your concerns maybe maybe you want to have your wife uh text in this morning and complain about your employer or your or your boss you know they can hide behind the cloak of anonymity you know it's a good idea you know no air some grievances you know and and we'll just we'll list them out here and, and if your employer happens to hear that then so be it i guess the morning drive podcast from double t 97.3 is presented by cantex roofing and construction Jamie Linton, Jeff McGuire, I'm Chuck Hines. It is a football Friday presented by Abundance Energy. No uh, Red Raider football this weekend. There's uh, Army-Navy tomorrow. We'll have that for you at 1 on 100.7 the score. And then the Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles on uh, Sunday night for Sunday night football for uh, first place. We'll get uh, get a little into that here in a little bit. Um, okay, so a couple things here. that just as I'm just comparing the offensive numbers from 2022 to 2023, Okay. One thing, you ran about 200 plays less this year than you did last year. You ran... Because your offense wasn't able to stay on the field. Right. Probably had to to factor into that. Had to factor into that, right? It ran 1,094 in 2022 and 863 this year. Uh, It doesn't also stop as often when you are running the football as opposed to passing. Right. Which Um, leads to more plays per game when you're passing and less when you're running. Okay. You uh, you rushed the ball last year 525 times for 2,072 net yards and 28 touchdowns. You rushed the ball this year 437 times for 1,990 yards net and 16 touchdowns. You threw the ball last year. You were 34, 348 of 569, had 18 touchdowns. Excuse me, 18 interceptions uh, and 26 touchdowns, 3,926 yards this year, 257 to 426, 17 touchdowns, 17 interceptions and 21 touchdowns. So, um, you know, it wasn't uh, obviously it wasn't a, a stellar year. I, I wonder, I wonder if you know if you if you kind of did the crystal ball or did the 2020 vision or things like that, and you went back to to last year if you you've made a mistake in letting Donovan Smith go made a mistake I don't think you had a choice I don't think you let him go well I think you could have encouraged him to stay you could have you could have um 
provided more of a maybe. And uh, look, I, Smith wasn't going to stay. He didn't want to be a third string quarterback. He wanted to go somewhere and play. What 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 if you said the competition? What if you said the competition is open? He would say, "I've heard that before, and I was third string." Okay, that that and that, yes. that's, that, that that's a, that's yes. a that's a fair comment. That that's that's a fair comment. I mean, he he may have been born at night, but it wasn't last night. He could see where he was on the depth chart. He could see what that coach. Yeah, he read the writing. Yeah, he read the writing on the wall. Thought no? of him compared to the other two. Yeah. Do you? Okay, so let me ask you this. Would have loved to have had him back last well, year. Let yes. Me ask, let me ask you this: Knowing what you know now, would you have taken Donovan Smith over? Shuck or Baron Morton? Would you have said to Tyler Shuck, hey man, love you, all that kind of stuff, but it ain't happening. We're we're gonna have an open competition between Donovan and Baron. Um, man, I mean hindsight's twenty twenty, I'm sure glad. Uh when did Donovan announce that he was gonna go? It was about this time. So he didn't go to the bowl game with us. Uh, I don't have a clue. I don't, think I, so. I don't believe so. I don't think he did either. I don't think he did either. Um, I, I, mean, I am playing devil's advocate. It, I understand that. Well, how, how are you going to tell Tyler Shuck before the bowl game? Hey, just so you know, we don't want you to come back. But mm. hey, we want you to play really well against the West. <laughs> No, it's a it's a conundrum. I mean, it's, yeah. a, it's 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 a it's a conundrum. But I mean, when you when you look at at Donovan's numbers last year, he was he was a one forty six to two twenty one for fifteen hundred and five yards. You know, and I realize you know Shuck, uh he was at one hundred six for one seventy seven for thirteen hundred and four yards, and then Morton was ninety six of one sixty nine had six interceptions for eleven hundred and seventeen yards. I mean, you let the guy that was the most productive get away. Yes and no. I mean, it, just the level of competition, you have to factor all that in there. But you also saw Donovan had trouble taking care of the football. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the reason that you felt like he was third on your depth chart because you wanted to make sure that you were taking care of the ball and that Tyler and Barron were doing a better job of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, don't, I didn't have an issue, per se, with Donovan Smith being third on the depth chart. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'll... I'm not going to backtrack on that. Sure, so, I understand that. Um, I just think you were in a situation where, now I would tell you that I, I liked Baron Morton as the starter more than I did Tyler Shuck. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I thought Donovan was was the number three guy. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just think that you're. it's unrealistic to think that you had three guys that were good enough to start for a college football team and all three were going to stay. Yeah, no. That's it's, Yeah, this is it's different. No, it, it it is. Yeah, this is not 2006, 7, 8, 9, whatever when Mike Leach was just rolling out another fifth-year senior that was really good. Which which kind of speaks it, it, and it goes back to our conversation of about an hour ago of you know the of the transferring and how easy it is to transfer and uh, how easy it is to move around because in those days it wasn't as easy. Yeah, and like in Donovan Smith's situation, like I'm not mad at guys for transfer yeah, in no, that situation. I'm, he was going to be right. the third string quarterback here. December 5th of last year is when he announced. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think he was at the bowl game. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, I mean he I'm just doing the I'm just doing the what if. I'm just, you know, I was just kind of like, 
you know, hindsight's always, like you said, 2020, 2020 or even 2010 to, to some degree. But it was just. But it's it's unrealistic to think you were going to keep all three of those yeah. guys. But the other the other thing is, don't you think it's don't you think it's fascinating that your your number of plays is down so much? I mean, it's it's over two hundred plays down. It's not fascinating. It's disappointing. Disappointing, right? Yeah. All those things. You go from a thousand and ninety four to eight hundred and sixty three, and the perception is that you ran the ball more this year than you did last year. I mean, I mean, frankly, you you ran the ball. Uh, you you did run the ball technically more times, eleven more plays, but you were within, you know, thirty plays of being the same from last year. You ran five hundred sixty nine passing plays and five hundred twenty five, you know, running plays. So forty forty more plays passing than than running. I, I and we talked about that at this time a year ago about the the balance of you know, of, of the attack, I guess, it, I guess for, for, for lack of a better, for, for lack of better words and lack of better knowledge, they overestimated in the, in the spring and in the summer, their ability to throw the football and had, t- and placed too much confidence in the ability to, to throw the football versus running the football. When a year ago, they, their confidence level of running and passing was about the same. I definitely had would have told you last year that I was more confident in the passing game than I was the running game. That's where I feel like the offensive line really improved this year was in the running game. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I I just I don't know. But, I it, it, it's hard for me to wrap my head around. I don't quite get. And and I think part of it is because I'm a Red Raider fan of the Air Raid era, mm-hmm. and I'm just so used to. Every year, we have a quarterback that's good, and we have wide receivers that make plays, and we throw the ball around, and we're really good passing the football, and it's fun to watch, and it's exciting and all that. I'm not telling you it's not fun to watch Taj Brooks run people over or sure. you know, run for big yards, too, so I'm mm-hmm. not hating on the run game. But we've just it's just been, that's what we do. We yeah. bring in more wide receivers, we bring in more yeah. quarterbacks, and we're good throwing the football. And suddenly this year, we weren't. And it was... I, I don't know. <laughs> Stuck in the air raid era, Jamie just doesn't understand why. Well, and and it just speaks to how disappointing that receiver group was this year um, compared to even um, a year ago. And the consumer confidence that you had in the defense, excuse me, in the in the receiver group going into the season, it's like that was like the one group that we felt the best about, and it turned out to be the one that didn't perform the most of all of them. No, that's fair. And if you'd have put all your money into the middle of the pile and said, who's going to perform the best? Oh, I'll take the receivers and you can have everybody else. Well, you'd have lost your house. Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Time now for Jamie's question of the day on Lubbock Sports Station. Double T 97.3. All right, let's flip sports. Okay. And let's talk some Red Raider basketball. Okay. I would like you guys, very simple question here. I want you to tell me the one player that you're most excited about moving forward from what you've seen so far this year. Hard not to say Joe Tucson, isn't it? I mean, the way he's been, what he, what he's been able to do offensively uh, for this team has, has been critical mm-hmm. 
for what they've been able to do. Yeah, uh, don't, even, don't discount his defense either. No, He's I'm not. There as well. I, I was adding that at the mm-hmm. end of the that his defense has been absolutely solid. So uh, for a newcomer who's come in, while I always you know tap the brakes and pull the reins back a little bit when we're talking basketball and non-conference play before we get to Big 12 play because it's two different animals, I've liked what I've seen. And it, it's given me a, a little bit of hope that Grant McCaslin's squad has got this kind of figured out a little bit for what they want to do, and it, it involves a heavy dose of Joe. If you want to be old in college basketball, you want to be old at the guard position, especially the point guard position. And he's been a terrific addition because of, you know, the experience he brings to the table. But, I man, he does just about everything for you. Um, I mean, leading you in scoring, shooting 50% from the floor. I love that stat. Uh, I think that's, you know, efficient, big time. You know, not a gunner, but a true scorer. Um, so and leading you in minutes as well. So that's, I think Jeff has a really good answer there. Um, so I'll, I'll go. I'll go young and say Darion Williams. I mean, he's he's a guy you have a chance to grow old with. All right, and um, you know because Joe Tucson's only going to be here for for a year, um, I believe. Right? I think that's right. So he was at West Virginia for a year. He was at Iowa for, for a couple. Three, I don't know. <laughs> you know so who knows? <laughs> that's 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 fair. But I'll, I'll in the Shuck seven year plan. I don't know. Yeah, right, right. All all that, all that stuff. But I'll, I'll say I'll say him, and because I just think that um, there's maybe an opportunity for um, for you to, you know, like I said, you know, grow old with him, and uh, I think he's the guy that's going to come on for you, and. Uh, and I'm I'm excited about his play. No, yeah, I think that's a good answer. I, I, I part of it is his age that you got some years to mm-hmm. go uh, with Williams. So I, I think he's a good answer. I'm excited about what we're seeing of late from Kerwin Walton. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm a little, little bit of a, you know, I mean, just because he just had such a big game the other night, um, but I felt like that's been coming a little bit. Mm-hmm. And um, you could see Coach McCaslin giving him more minutes and feeling like maybe he was getting a little bit more confidence, and so that that's that's been great to see as well. So I, I think I would I think both of your answers are, are probably the, the best ones, and and then I would throw Curtin, Kerwin Walton into the mix as well. Isn't it crazy that would you say that Pop Isaac's so far has been as good as you expected, better than expected, about what you expected. I'd say less than what I expected. Me too. And he's still almost putting up 14 points yeah. a game. And you He's know, just not shooting great. Right. But, I mean, that speaks to how good he is, that he still finds a way to score, even mm-hmm. though he's kind of, you know, he's just not shooting well right now at all. I mean, he, he leads you in three-point attempts, but he's shooting 24%. So, you feel like the, the shooters shoot, right? And maybe he'll shoot himself out of this slump. Maybe he'll get better need, better we need, looks. We need him to be a maker, not just a shooter. Yeah. Uh, he's And 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 he's, then you take a look at where he is from a field goal standpoint. I mean, he's 32%. He's 35 of 108. So he's, what, 21 of 50. So that's, yeah, that's pretty just, good. Just 32% from the floor. Yeah. 24% from three-point range. I, right. I expected him to shoot a much higher percentage. And and, and then from the free-throw line, he's 27 to 35. So, 
I don't, you know, he's turned the ball over uh, 23 times. Obviously, he's going to have the ball in his hand a lot. And he's mm-hmm. He's got 22 assists. But then, but, then, you, but then also factor in the fact that he's hit a game winner for you. He's yep. sent you to overtime. Right. He's still the guy that mm-hmm. in key situations you want the ball in his hands. So I don't think it's been a terrible season. It feels like just from watching the games, like, oh, man, I, I expected him to be our dude. And Joe Toussaint is clearly our dude. He is. Right now. He is. Um, but it hasn't been nearly as bad. Looking at the numbers, it's not been as bad as what I had in my mind. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no. Yeah. Right. I, I, I agree with you. And then, like you said, I mean, you look at a couple of games where he's, I mean, you're eight games in, you don't win one without him taking it to the hole and hitting it for you. And and you damn near win one uh, when he ties it up for you in, in overtime. He'd played a little bit better defense. You wouldn't have been into the overtime, though. Or shot the ball just a little bit better down the stretch against uh, against Butler. You didn't get some some shots to fall for you that that not. So, yeah, no, I, I, I maybe and maybe he would say the same thing. Like, you know, been able to affect the game some, but I'm not I'm not where I want my game to be. Clearly. But he's, but he's, yeah. but he's not let. I guess the other thing, to his credit, it doesn't seem like he's let his adversity affect his his willingness to take a shot in a key situation. In other words, I don't think he's been tentative. Yeah, you, you. I think you need Pop Isaacs to not have a conscience. <laughs> right. That's that's what he is. Right. Don't yeah. have a don't have a conscience. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you can't have too many of those guys on your team, but mm-hmm. you can definitely have one. And like I said, he's a guy that. In the last second of the game, and I would put Joe Tustant in that same category, sure. but in the last mm-hmm. seconds of the game, I want the ball in one of those two guys' hands. Um, did your did your mom growing up have to use the let your conscience be your guide, Jamie? Did she have to do that to you? No. Okay. So yeah. No. I, we had a lot of we had a lot of that in my house. Well, let your conscience be your guide. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T ninety seven three, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Yates Warning Center chat line is open. Go to double-t973.com for that. A Visual Edge IT hotline, too, at 806-771-0973. We come to you from the First United Bank studio. It is a football Friday presented by Abundance Energy. Uh, we have Dallas Cowboy football on the air for you on Sunday night with Sunday Night Football. Last night, the I think a surprise because it's an upset. New England Patriots go into Pittsburgh and defeat the Steelers 21-18, to both with backup quarterbacks. Mitch Trubisky uh, now plays for the Steelers. And uh, Bailey Zappi, who uh, hails for the uh, New England Patriots. Th- that was your quarterback matchup last night. And uh, Patriots uh, come out on top, uh, 21-18. to Zappi was 19-28, uh, 240 yards, three touchdowns, did throw an interception. Trubisky was 22-35, uh, of 35, 190, a touchdown and an interception as well. So... That's going to hurt Pittsburgh's chances to, uh, Man, back make, it to, to the back. make it to the playoffs. Back to back, they've lost to the Cards and then... Now to the Patriots. Pats. Yeah. Man, that, that kind of feels like you don't deserve to make the playoffs. Yeah, no, that's a fair comment. That's a fair comment. Uh, Cowboys and Eagles, that, that's, the best, that's the best matchup of the, of the weekend right there. Uh, you have two Monday night games, Titans and the Dolphins. Dolphins are nine and three, Packers and uh, Giants. Packers coming off a win over Kansas City. Um, 
the what other are we doing with two Monday night games at the same time. <sighs> I don't know. What are we doing? I don't know. It 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 makes no sense, right? It makes no sense. I don't know. It, it makes it uh, what it does is it continues to dilute and water down Sunday, Sunday. and it just drives just continues to drive me away from a doubleheader of of uh, a football. It's it's. I think I've watched less double headers this year of football and part of it's my schedule as to how things have kind of gone and stuff that we've had going on but um i mean it'll be appointment television for me on uh, sunday afternoon at 325 with the chiefs and the buffalo bills chiefs been chiefs are struggling uh they're not really getting receiver help like they've had in the past um they're eight and four and take on a six and six bills team that well i mean frankly they, they need to win too um, you know, to kind of keep pace with everything. Uh, Buffalo is um, a couple of games behind Miami, so they'd they'd be in a really in a wild card situation. You know, now um, they're uh, they're on the outside looking in, so they need they're kind of in a pack there with Denver and Cincinnati, and behind Pittsburgh, um, and. Uh, and, and Houston and Indianapolis and Cleveland are those teams are those three teams are seven and five Pittsburgh seven and six Denver Cincinnati Buffalo six and six Chargers are five and seven Raiders are five and seven so you got you got a whole cluster of teams there that are fighting for a big gooey a middle there wild wild card spot so mm-hmm. that and then and then in the NFC side of things you know the like I said the best matchup is uh, is Philadelphia and uh, and and Dallas and so when you when you look at at that right now Cowboys are nine and three and Phillies ten and two and coming off of a I, I think a, a sh- you would say a sh- I don't know if it's shocking but surprising loss in terms of how they lost to the 49ers yeah yeah forty two to nineteen you it wouldn't have shocked you if you said uh, Niners are going to win that game twenty four to twenty or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it was a beatdown. Yeah. I mean, it was both sides of the football, just complete beatdown domination by the Niners. So, yeah, that was that was um, surprising. And I think it, it gives us all, you know, question about them. Are they really as good as um, we thought they were or their record is showing? You know, obviously going to win at Kansas City um, was a good win. And um, coming from behind to beat Buffalo was a decent win. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, the Niners just put it on them. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how they bounce back. But then again, I mean, ask the same questions about the Cowboys. Yeah. I mean, who have they beaten that's good? Nobody. But who have they went toe-to-toe with the Eagles, you know, in In Philadelphia and came really close and maybe some might even say should have won that game against the Eagles. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, against the Eagles. So just waiting to see which Cowboys team that we – you know, we're going to get in this game because I, I think this could be a great game and I absolutely think the Cowboys should win it. You know, and, and remember, the 49ers have a, a dominating win over the Cowboys. That was at their place. So, I don't know. Would you... Because I would have said going into last week's game between Philadelphia and San Francisco, I would have said the Eagles were the best team in football. Best team in the NFL. Um, I'm not prepared to say that San Francisco is, but man, they they've beaten the other two teams that you would I, contend I to. I, yeah, I think I am. Yeah, yeah, I think I am. I mean, I know they had a they had a stretch there in the middle where it was a little bit ugly. 
I mean, but, um, yeah, I think the Niners are the best team. You know, it's certainly, um, I certainly put them ahead of the Cowboys. You have to put them ahead of the Eagles. I put them ahead of the Chiefs. So I guess I am saying that, that they are the best team in football say, right who now. Who else are you going to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not. Um, they just got, they just kind of got uh, beat up a little bit um, uh, there, too. So anyway, it was, uh, was not a good, was not a good day uh, for the 40, for the, for the Eagles last week. Uh, as they lost uh, forty-two to nineteen, so that puts you. And this is this is kind of a opportunity now for um, for Dak Prescott, right, to kind of show what he's worth and show that he's, you know, a top-tier quarterback. And this is one of those one of those games where we said, we've said about Dak, hey, yeah, he can put up big numbers against bad teams, but mm-hmm. what does he do in big games? Mm-hmm. And it hasn't been great up to this point. So mm-hmm. this is one of those games where he could could really show out. But he played really well against the Eagles first time. Yeah. So uh, you you kind of look at this and go, okay, how's this how's this gonna gonna work for you? Uh, Dak Prescott this year is two eighty eight of four eleven. Uh, he's thrown he's completed seventy percent of his passes, um, and he's uh, he's thrown just six interceptions with twenty six touchdown passes. But like you say. You've got to be prepared to um, now face a team that's a quality team and see what you can do against that. Mm-hmm. And here's his opportunity to shine. And let's also not be the TCU of the Mountain West where you only get it for one game when you've got three afterwards with the same kind of caliber that you're facing this mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. This has been the Morning Drive Podcast presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at double T 97.3.com.